could show people how ridiculously cheap it is to mm -hmm. eat this way. We'll have a lot more people. As somebody said to me, passing by my my booth at a veg fest, he's, he goes, I didn't know about vegan, but you had me at $4 a day. Do you believe that God wants you healthy? Then join me, Cersei Blue and Gigi Carter, on the Healthy For My Purpose podcast, where we help you realize the relationship between your health and your purpose. We share how eating like Daniel can revolutionize your life. Through discussions and interviews, we challenge you to discover the powerful connection between plant-based nutrition, your body, and your faith. It's time. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Healthy For My Purpose. It is awesome to be back another week. Um, today we have a great topic um, with Ellen Jones. We get this question so often. I guess people are under the assumption that once you start eating healthy, that it's going to um, hurt your pocket. It's going to be more expensive. And we want to kind of break down some of those myths over the next few weeks um, in terms of, um, you know, is it more difficult or what are some of the stumbling blocks or what are the, some of the things that we think is going to be more difficult and in actual fact it isn't. And so today, this episode, we are going to be talking about eating plant-based on a budget. Um, and you're going to get some wonderful gems just to see how economical it is. Number one, not only is a plant-based diet great for your health, but it is also great for your pocket. And so you'll love this episode. Also, guys, before we jump into the episode, please go ahead and subscribe on iTunes. That way, whenever we get a new episode comes out, you'll be able to be the first to be notified. Um, also, if you could rate and review this podcast, if you are getting any value out of it, please go ahead um, and give us a rating and write a review as it helps us to reach more people. So without further ado, let's jump into this episode um, on eating plant-based on a budget with Ellen Jones. Uh, before we dive into the crux of eating plant-based on a budget, um, could you just share, share a little bit of information, just share a little bit of information about your story and your background, just to give people some context? Sure. Um, so my mom, aunt, and both sisters had breast cancer. My aunt died of it in our home when I was five years old. And all my life has been focused because they all ended up the rest of my family um, getting heart disease, diabetes, and um, uh, arthritis as well. I mean, crippling arthritis. So I figured out, you know, there's just got to be a way to, to deal with this and not um, avo and avoid all this pain and suffering. So we were part of the BRCA1, BRCA2 genetic studies because the word got around town that uh, I was the only, and this is St. Louis, Washington University. I had a friend who knew somebody who was doing the research at the University of Utah with Myriad Genetics on, on the gene studies in the 90s. So, you know, we, um, since my sister had breast cancer, the only way we could get a blood sample was when she was having reconstructive surgery. And during the surgery, they would take the, the blood and Myriad flew out this refrigerated box and I drove it to the airport where it was private plane back to Utah. So they even wanted to exhume our, our dead relatives' bodies, the ones that we knew who had died, you know, aunts, 
and grandparents who had died of breast cancer, that kind of thing, which we did not give permission to do. Um, and obviously they were able to proceed quite, quite well without it. But that, that's sort of the background. I was a TV investigative reporter, so all my life really was focused on how do I avoid these terrible genes. And the short story is I began, uh, I almost died of a colon blockage when I was 28 years old. I ran to the health food store, read all five books on fiber because that's all there was, um, and started, uh, as many of us did back then, going macrobiotic, which was supposed to be anti-cancer, and it's basically vegan except they incorporate white fish, Asian in its uh, origination of that way of eating, and then vegetarian and then vegan and um, have been a runner and a vegan for the better part of 40 years, though when I was pregnant, uh, like many women my age, I had doctors who were saying, you know, you better give your unborn child whey protein or you're gonna cause brain damage. It's like, well, gosh, you know, what do you do with that information? Who wants their baby brain damage? So, you know, there were some interruptions like that along the way. Uh, but then I became a La Leche League leader, the volunteer organization that helps new mothers how to breastfeed. And I'm going like, wait a minute, we're drinking our own species-specific milk because it helps our brains grow large very rapidly. And for baby cows, their mama's milk makes them grow into large animals very quickly. And oh, by the way, now the research shows uh, large tumors very quickly. And um, Okay, so uh, just so you know, if we look a little distracted, it's because both of us are getting this weird message from Zoom while we're recording this, that the microphone has been uh, uh, muted and we're not doing anything. So <laughs> <laughs> unmute the button. So if you see us going like that, that's what that means. Anyway, the whole running thing really was just to stay fit. Um, as a busy TV reporter, I really didn't have time to go to a gym and running and you know just seemed to burn the calories and keep my TV figure as appropriately uh, employable. And so um, I, uh, when I moved to Florida for the second time and last time in 2004, I started um, running at that time and heard a shotgun blast out my window, thought either somebody's been murdered or that's a 5K race starting. Fortunately, it was the latter. And I wandered over and asked this woman who I'm still friends with to this day, how do you um, run in Florida? It's so hot. And she said, get up at sunrise. So that's what I've been doing and started racing. I was high school, uh, I was coaching the high school kids because the head coach had seen me run and she said, Ellen, you're clocking eight minute miles. Why don't you come out and run with us? About a year later, I got enough guts to enter a race. And in 2011, when Eat Vegan came out, I was wearing this exact shirt at a race and somebody came up to me and said, you can't uh, run on a vegan diet. You certainly can't race on a vegan diet. And I'm standing there holding one of the first of what is now behind me, 190, 199 5K or longer age group awards since wow. 2006. So, um, you know, it, it all started that way, um, just kind of as a dare, you know, just watch me. So I was all set to place in my 200th 5k a couple of weekends ago and this coronavirus thing came down. And so now I'm just kind of uh, patiently not waiting to do that. So um, the running, I, I've been, uh, I'm a nationally ranked sprinter. I've got a gold medal from the national senior games. And in just, uh, I don't know when this is going to broadcast, but mid-April, uh, they've selected me to be the National Senior Games Athlete of the Month and are featuring how a vegan diet helps athletes. And for me, the main reason is we don't get arthritis. Uh, 
part because uh, um, um, a animal protein centered diet is very inflammatory, lodges in the even mainstream arthritis organizations say dump the meat and dairy if you're trying to reduce your osteoarthritis symptoms. Surprise, surprise. So, um, I um, uh, that's that's you know kind of exciting just to to see all that. So the whole fight of seeing um, these stories on the news that said you can't um, eat healthfully on a vegan or on on a uh, on food stamps or on a budget. And I've been doing this for the better part of 40 years. And so my righteous indignation as a reporter said, I've got to uh, write this book. And so it was really started in 2008 where I began going to the big box stores around town and actually seeing what the cost of the biggest bag of beans might be. And there it was, it was a nickel an ounce. So a nickel an ounce of dry beans cooks up to um, four ounces. And so that's a dime a serving compared to hamburger meat, which was like 40 cents at the time I was actually comparing it. And then the more expensive cuts of meat, like uh, beef tenderloin was like, you know, $8 uh, for a serving. So, you know, I started really, I was the first person to really crunch the numbers on every single recipe. Uh, and that's really what I thought. If you could show people how ridiculously cheap it is to eat this way, we'll have a lot more people. As somebody said to me, passing by my, my booth at a veg fest. He's, he goes, I didn't know about vegan, but you had me at $4 a day. <laughs> nice. Well, you know, your book, well, I think the copyright date on your book is maybe 2011, if I recall. Yeah. So I thought, you know, that right after the 2008 recession and everything, very, very, very relevant. And then for people who um, just have a limited income regardless of whether there's a recession or not. But, you know, clearly with the unemployment rates going up right now is in light of COVID-19, um, you know, people eating on a budget is becoming, you know, more and more and more important. And um, one of the things that I noticed um, before, you know, we connected this morning was that the cost of some of the food that even though this was 2011, relatively speaking, the cost of beans are still incredibly inexpensive. Um, I just went on to Thrive Markets online um, for a 14 ounce bag of dried beans, which gives you about 10 servings. You're still talking 15 cents a serving. Um, what I, I do my, well, I, what I used and um, I, just because I know that there's a Walmart in every community, pretty much uh, in Western civilization. So, you know, I was hearing people say, oh, you can't eat well on a budget. And I knew every community has a Walmart. So I was going to use that as my baseline. And I go in there. I mean, I just went in there um, a couple of weeks ago and checked the price of beans and if you get the large, for some reason, pinto beans are the cheapest, but you know, that was my gold. Oh, I guess that speaker thing is keep popping up. Um, the uh, 20 pound bag of beans is still um, about seven cents an ounce. Mm -hmm. So it just hasn't, and somebody actually stood up in one of my talks one year and said, you know, the price of beans just hasn't gone up in 30 years. And another guy stood up and said, I am the buyer for our monastery. <laughs> and I can do this on a dollar a day. So when you start institutionalizing it, um, there was a group called Feeding Children Everywhere. And I ran into them because they just happened to be working out of Tampa in the area where I live. And they were putting together these packets of food to send overseas to 
uh, kids that just didn't have access to food and they were using dried uh, beans and grains and dehydrated vegetables and putting them in these packets. And um, again, they were doing it for a quarter for a serving. And so mm -hmm. that was uh, an eight ounce serving of beans and rice and then added to that the dehydrated vegetables. So, you know, there are definitely ways you can do this and people say, oh, I don't have time to cook. Well, of course, now that might be a little different. <laughs> Quarantine, we've got nothing but time. Um, but, you know, my answer to that has always been, we well, don't have time for cancer, diabetes, and heart disease. Those are real time wasters. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so for, for people listening, um, you know, we talked about kind of food cost a little bit with respect to beans. Um, I think the same, you know, point can be made for th some of the whole grains. Um, as well as um, even some of the produce. Um, what, what tips do you have specifically about, you know, how do I organize myself so that I can do this on a budget? Yeah, you know, and sometimes I get pushback, like when I mention Walmart, they go, oh, are you recommending shopping at Walmart? And I'm going like, if you live below the poverty level, and this is before all this happened, for a family of four at $23,000 a year, you're already shopping at Walmart. Mm -hmm. and so, and I, I knew that those prices would be consistent uh, across the board. And so um, the recipes in the book, even though they may not match exactly 2020 prices, although I think they are pretty close, depending mm -hmm. how closely you follow the tips of the book, um, uh, they're still gonna be the cheapest recipes on the planet. So mm -hmm. uh, just throwing that out there. The, um, so some tips are when you go into a store, do we go into stores anymore? <laughs> um, you know, look at um, high, look low because the manufacturers pay, and I knew uh, a friend who worked at a, a large food company, um, the manufacturers pay for you to look at eye level because they know that's where you first look and you'll impulse buy. So, you know, um, the best values are. Um, so another tip is yes, buy in bulk and, um, take a couple days a week to do your food prep. Although right now, you know, if you want to do it every day, knock yourself out. Um, and, um, the other thing I think is just to keep in mind that food really is powerful medicine here. And want to incorporate your family if they're looking for something to do uh, nice springtime wherever you are hopefully and you can the garden and, um, I'm sorry I was hearing some weird feedback here and okay let me move my microphone thing again so um, those are just some you know really easy tips in terms of how to do it the other thing is you know people say can you eat organically on a budget and absolutely so back in the olden days, when we could go out, um, there were CSAs, Community Supported Agriculture Farms, and hopefully these will resume. Again, I know the ones in our area have shut down, but they've made arrangements. You still can go there. And you know they're desperate to get rid of their produce because they were a very large market of people they thought that would be picking up their food, and that's not happening. So um, the CSAs, if you go on a, a website called localharvest.org, you can find those CSAs or any local market. I know we have one actually biking distance away from here. And um, if you get there at the end of the day, the end of the weekend, they might have produce that is either um, greatly discounted or sometimes for free, especially if you're working at a CSA. They have something called work shares. And so they discount it from that standpoint. 
but uh, again, they may have an excess of produce they want to get rid of that's about to go bad. So just ask those kinds of questions and you really can um, do it cheaply. Okay. What, what's your view on like meal planning? Should people kind of plan out their meals in advance? Would that help them to save money or um, just kind of, you know, freestyle it? Uh, I'm a big fan of using what you have in the fridge. And that is probably my best advice is so that you don't waste food, which is also a source of losing money. Um, just use what you've got and make sure it doesn't go bad before you use it. So in that respect, it may take some planning, but you know, one of the things, um, and I think I am just going to, since we are mobile here, hopefully I won't lose you. Um, let me just pick up the laptop here. And by the way, just a close up view as we go into the kitchen here, all those metals, yes, all on just plants. Um, so we're gonna go take a look at, um, this is so cool. You thing again. Okay. Let's see if I can get my cursor back to un do that. All right. So that's the pantry. So um, I just moved in with my vegan boyfriend. <laughs> coronavirus makes strange bedfellows, right? It makes a lot of sense for us to kind of speed up things that we maybe wouldn't have done quite this quickly. But this is how he had his pantry organized. Now it does have my stuff blended in there, but the cool thing about it is like he had a lot of this stuff when I moved in here and I'm going like, um, Troy, do you actually cook this way? He said, no. He said, I just wanted uh, a vegan pantry and I wanted all these vegan foods here. And I figured, you know, we'd figure out a way to make them somehow. And this was like before he even, um, it connected up with me. So anyway, it's all worked out great. But as you can see, there are the dried beans. Let's try and get in a close up here and the quinoa. So, and here's my big tip. So, I'm gonna, I think you're probably looking up my nose here. So I like to keep these jars of marinara sauce on hand or even better because soups are really the best way to, and I'm just kind of squatting down here to bring this out here. Soups are the best way to use all those leftovers in the fridge. So just um, a can of this with uh, another um, 16 ounces of water and you've got yourself a soup and fire up some of those whole grains that you see in the background. I keep um, quinoa. Let's see, what else have we got here? Millet, I love millet. It's got this yellow color. So for those of you who were butteraholics in a past life, it kind of fools the mind's eye that um, you've got butter on it. And of course you can use vegan butter if you want. Um, and then couscous, which actually looks a lot like millet, but um, it's, it's cracked wheat basically. Um, we've got barley back here. And so all of these things are ridiculously cheap. You know, you mentioned whole grains. They're about twice the cost of the beans. Um, and then I keep, you know, some rice noodles on hand just in case. And in case I'm really uh, in a hurry, of course, you know, the powdered soups and stuff, those are definitely, they're a lot more expensive now than they used to be. But um, what else? Uh, you know, I've got the um, chia seeds. So I make smoothies. I make a lot of smoothies because I, I think it's important to keep our immune system fired up. And of course the snack of all time, because you know, we're all nervous and we need crunch so bad. Okay. There's like, as you can see, four jars of popcorn there. So, um, and with popcorn, I don't know if you guys know this. I just kind of discovered this recently. This is an air popper. So it's made out mm -hmm. of light glass, 14 bucks on Amazon. Um, you put this, uh, it's got a top on it. And because I'm carrying the laptop here, I can't hold two things at 
you got to unmute me again. <laughs> All right. So it's got this lid. You just fill that with popcorn. You dump it in that container and put it in the microwave for three minutes. And it's really good. So um, I think that is pretty much the tour of the pantry and some tips if you got any other very nice very nice yeah pop popcorn is pretty cheap too i think at my store here it's maybe a buck 40 a pound or something like that and everything's more expensive where i live because we're on an island but yeah yeah i also like hominy um i was introduced to it when i was in grade school when we just we studied the pioneers um, and so I just will down like a whole can of hominy, which is puffed up corn. They use food grade. It's called lye. It sounds really disgusting, but um, I've been eating it for a long time and I don't think I have any health effects from it. It's probably GMO corn, but like in these times, it's, it, in, I'm in Florida and I don't know if it's like this everywhere, but you know, uh, our governor finally saw the light and now we're all supposed to be quarantined. Um, for a month at least, although, um, well, we, we probably shouldn't go there, but you know, who knows how long this is really gonna last. And I think we all need to be for the long-term firing up our immune system. So to the extent you can throw a banana in a blender and some collard greens, kale greens, and whatever liquid it takes to make it go down uh, on a daily basis. I um, don't know how much you know, but part of my story also is that I was diagnosed a couple of years ago with psoriatic arthritis, which is an autoimmune disease not related to eating animal protein, uh, but it's genetic. And um, my dad had it and I look just like my dad. So thanks dad. Um, but it, it was, I believe triggered because I was on book tour like crazy and eating too many cliff bars and not enough fruits and especially vegetables. So I hooked up with Dr. Brooke Goldner who wrote a book called Goodbye Lupus. She'd be a great interview if you can catch her. Um, she was supposed to be dead at 20, but she's alive at 40 with two kids. And she's had people all over the world for free doing lots of lives and um, webinars on uh, how to defeat not only lupus, which she did, but um, various autoimmune diseases. So I worked with her. She took, or I took before and after pictures. And she wrote another book called Goodbye Autoimmune Disease. And I wrote the foreword to that book. And she included in that all of, well, not all, but many of her best testimonials. And, you know, that was really a wake up call because, you know, stress can also trigger these things. And um, if you Google psoriatic arthritis, I thought my life was over. walking in a year, let alone running. And it just hasn't, um, for a period of three months, my fingernails, and these, these were the pictures that are up on our website. My fingernails were starting to come off. My hands were all cracked and bleeding. And you can still see, I have just a little bit of residual there. And I think as I've been going through some stress in this whole thing, it's, it's flared just a little bit. But, um, you know, it's certainly, I've been running every morning because it's important that we keep our lungs healthy as we try and combat these uh, weird mutating viruses. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, what, what about, um, we touched a little bit on this in terms of vegetables. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of eating dark leafy grains three times a day and, you know, basically getting about seven servings of vegetables a day if you can, um, three of which are dark leafy greens and then the other four being a variety of any other color. 
Um, and as well as about three servings of fruit, three to five servings is kind of what I shoot for personally. Right. Um, as far as eating on a budget, um, can you talk a little bit more about, you know, given that CSAs, you know, might be limited, um, as far as going to places like Walmart or your local grocery store, what are some tips or tricks that you have for um, making the best choices in terms of vegetables and fruits? Well, I'm not totally sure how cost effective this is going to be, but I'm just going to, because I'm going to try it today, actually. I talked to my daughter and she says that if you order online from Costco, um, they will deliver the actual packages. And so she's got her wipes and she wipes them down before she actually brings them into the house. But, um, you know, that is one way to deal with, and she said you can order all kinds of greens and she's big into green smoothies as well. And she has not, she said it's, it's um, they're freshly packed that morning, she claims. Uh, so she's done a lot of research into this. So I'm just trusting that she's got that information right, secondhand information, but let's go with it. Um, and the other thing is, I mean, we are allowed out the first hour between eight and nine, us seniors. And uh, oh, by the way, I am 67 in case anybody was wondering about that. Wow. <laughs> certified personal trainer, certified running coach, and a real estate agent. <laughs> um, although real estate is considered an essential service because we need food, water, and shelter. So uh, it, it's very funny. I, I, uh, as I mentioned, I don't know if this was recorded or not. Did I? Yeah. Did I Okay. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So people are calling me saying like, uh, you're vegan. You're in good health. You want to come show a house for me? It's like, <laughs> yeah. But you give me the commission shirt. That's good. Um, these things um, play out in, in times like this. So um, other tips. So, you know, you can get to the stores early on. And of course, you know, that would be good um, if you're not old enough to pass the test. I mean, I've just seen, who knows how all this is going to be enforced. I've seen reports around the world where people have to wear ankle bracelets. It's like you're under house arrest and, you know, you get a $5,000 fine if you step out at the wrong time. I hope we don't get like that here. But, um, you know, trying to keep fresh vegetables. We also go to, there's a local store here called Detweiler's um, run by the Amish and they, they're still putting together green smoothies not real cheap, but you know, if you need yours, you know, we bike there and so we save money on gas, I guess. And and get exercise at the same time. I mean, I think it's important that, you know, we all shouldn't become couch potatoes. This is not a license to do that. We do need to be cognizant and keep our distant distance. Somebody said, you know, six feet is not enough. You need to uh, imagine that somebody is smoking and you can smell their smoke downwind. That's how far you need to be away. So you know, getting out in, in more secluded areas and exercising, I think it is good. But back to where and how to get vegetables. Certainly you can uh, buy frozen ones, um, not so good in a smoothie, but uh, any way you can get your greens. Uh, we definitely have stockpiled the, the freezer section with um, the frozen veggies as well. Um, but if you want to go fresh, again, um, trying to get some kind of garden going might be the way. Kale is a very hardy resist heat and cold resistant vegetable mm -hmm. depending where you live so yeah and you mentioned um costco and one thing that comes to mind because it's you know my husband and i mentioned we don't have any children so it's just the two of us um you know i have clients sometimes that um i, I tend to eat a ton of vegetables so i usually 
it's, I don't, it's been a long time since I've actually wasted vegetables, you know, where you buy so much, but you don't eat it. Um, what tips do you have in terms of, you know, freezing or any other way to, you know, pr prolong or preserve those vegetables that you bought maybe a little too much of? So um, one of the adorable, wonderful things about my boyfriend is that in addition to being a real estate broker, he is, uh, well, he was volunteering for years at the local farmer's market, just um, juicing wheatgrass for an organic produce stand. So I'm taking you to the freezer here just to show you what we've got. Um, and if you can see here, these are, oh, we're going to have an avalanche here. Oops. Hello. Um, okay. So to unmute it again there. So um, these are just some greens that um, the stand owners gave him and we put those in smoothies. So the frozen bananas are up here if you can see those. Um, the frozen blueberries also. So you know you can make a smoothie with that and if you freeze it right away it's not a second time. So um, you know you just make the smoothie and then whatever leftovers you might have that will work. Um, and, you know, they're little containers that you can put them in just to make people feel good. Like um, I have these and, you know, do like a sorbet. Uh, <laughs> and it, with sorbets, you just basically add more water or ice to the smoothie and mm -hmm. maybe one banana instead of two or three or however many you're adding to your smoothie. Hopefully not three. That's a lot of bananas unless it's going to three people. Uh, but yeah, that's, um, and you know, that's also the way I incorporate the greens too. So when I'm making my smoothie, because that's the whole thing with de defeating an autoimmune disease. Um, Dr. Goldner calls it hypernourishment, and it really works on a cellular level. And I was just blown away by how quickly, once I started dumping the cliff bars, which I've since gone back to, because oh, they're so amazing, and in these times, um, but I, only, I really do try and limit myself to one of those a day, if that, and just stick with the green smoothies because that really does keep the immune system, I think, intact. Yeah, yeah. And, and I would think, too, those frozen vegetables would be great also to add to soups, you know, soups that you're making, um, you know, with a lentil soup or a bean soup, just adding some of those frozen veggies just to give it, yeah, flavor and nutrient boost. And color too, you know, and that's the yeah. thing for a guide. Uh, sometimes you get the objection, oh, a vegan diet is so bland and boring. It's like, are you kidding me? In the animal kingdom, and this is my response, it's brown, brown, and brown. And if you barbecue it, it's black, black, and black and causes heterocyclical means, which gives you cancer. So in the produce kingdom, um, you have all the colors of the rainbow and they're meant to appeal to your mind's eye. So you will go and just get as much of it as you can if you are listening to your heart and your mind. Yeah, yeah, and I've got a, a friend who, um, she's got this mantra about, you know, because she she's whole food plant-based and she talks about, you know, it's really all about the spices and the seasoning in, in plant-based food. What tips do you have in terms of getting some of those spices and seasonings? <laughs> it looks like we're going back to your pantry. Uh, organize this a little more before you called. All right. So, uh, all right. So Troy was really big into the Himalayan salts. I had some too. 
And so there is the Himalayan salt department. And then, you know, the crunchy peanut butter. I, oh, this is um, a good tip too. So having vegetable broth, if you can see that, powdered vegetable broth, that's something I add to flavor a lot of my grains and he absolutely loves this. Um, all right, so this is, I don't know, stuff he picked up at the farmer's market. You know, mushrooms are quite the thing. If you're looking for a great movie, I think it's on Netflix now. Um, Fantastic Fungi. It's about mm. mushrooms rule, rule the world. And so, um, all right, I'm getting my little alert thing moved off to the side. Let's see, what else do we have up here? Um, you know, organic penny. Um, and then, okay, down to, the, we're going to sit down on the floor for this one. Because... Um, uh, it's just so cool that he had this pantry all set up like this. And, you know, it's not your traditional pantry, but I love being able to see everything all at once. So um, I kind of have these grouped, like, you know, the garlic section over here. And we have like three things of three spices of everything, but, you know, parsley and just pretty much everything on the front line here, I would add to either vegetables or soups. Um, I love Italian seasonings. And then, you know, if you want to get into more ethnic kinds of things, like if you're making hummus, I like to make hummus from scratch. I'll add um, like a fourth of a teaspoon of cumin and a little paprika on top. Um, we've got <laughs> like five different varieties of pumpkin. I don't know if you can see that here. Um, again, from a blended household and, you know, our spices are very happy together. I love to put cinnamon sticks in tea or oatmeal. I make oatmeal every morning. That is my breakfast of champions and I've been doing that forever. Um, let's see. And then, you know, we have uh, different curries and um, what else is uh, curry powder there. Let's see. Um, darker paprika there, cardamom. So, you know, you can put that in the different whole grains like brown rice and quinoa. Here's rosemary. I don't know if you're seeing that over here. Um, and then of course, you know, nutritional yeast to put on popcorn or just wherever you want to thicken something up. Let's see. Uh, turmeric, of course, is the big anti-inflammatory spice used by a lot of different cultures. So rice, that's good on any whole grains again. And then um, ginger. Do I have ginger? It may be in the fridge. Yeah, I think that's pretty much, I mean, you can never have too much turmeric, right? <laughs> <laughs> And then, of course, uh, bay leaves, you know, just be sure you take those out before you serve. Those are um, good in soups. And, yeah, I think that's pretty much it for the spice. Oh, oh, also, oh, I got one more thing. So liquid aminos, you know, Bragg's has been around for a long time, but my new favorite, if you haven't tried it, let's see if we got it back here. Different companies are making it now. Have you tried coconut aminos? I have. I do. I love those. Yeah. So, I don't know. There's just something really sweet, but not overly sweet, which is very cool. So yeah. Spray that on or drizzle it on, um, on my whole grains as well. So. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. All right, Ellen. So um, I know you're making your way back to your desk there. Um, any any other tips or feedback in terms of um, 
you know, ways to save money or getting better access to budget-friendly plant-based ingredients. Don't forget vitamin D. Yes. <laughs> so very cheap, as cheap as it gets. Now, keep in mind, that is not vitamin D, but you've got to be out there for your body to make vitamin D. So um, I have a dark complexion. The dermatologists have told me over the years, you're never getting skin cancer. Get out there and make sure you get about 20 to 30 minutes every day, every other day. Um, and ideally until the skin, in, and again, where the sun doesn't shine, um, starts to maybe turn a little pink. We're not talking sunburn, but um, everybody's different. And there used to be uh, a government website that would tell you what is right for your latitude um, and how long you should be out there. And maybe you can Google that. I haven't done it in a while, but yeah, just, uh, relax <laughs> and try, you know, to, as you said, find some stuff that you enjoy. Um, I planted, uh Oh, they need watering. Uh, but I planted a few flowers. I don't know if you can see those back there mm -hmm. the weekend. That was kind of my way of chilling out and just communing with nature. Um, we try and run every morning, at least three miles. Uh, and bike now we're adding that to we should be good triathletes by the time this yeah no doubt and I'm going back inside just because I can see the screen better but um, yeah you know look for things I'm trying to do a Facebook live every morning between mm -hmm. 8 and 9 east and just um, or even sometimes while I'm still in the run mm -hmm. Just kind of like, okay, guys, let's see if you're isolated in your neighborhood, let's go for a walk together or something and just talk this out. And uh, I've been surprised by how many people are, are jumping on and just hanging out because why not? Yeah, yeah. So, okay. Well, listen, Ellen, thank you so much for your time and your wisdom and insights. I really appreciate you doing this. And um, I will include some links to how people can get in touch with you um, as well in the bottom of the video. So um, I will um, <laughs> let you know when I get it published. And uh, thank you again. I really appreciate you. Well, I appreciate you doing this because I know it takes a lot of work to put all this together, which is why I don't do it. <laughs> it's like I'm, I, and you know, I don't know if you mentioned, but um, I have authored five other books as well. So um, not necessarily on how to save money, but you know, there's so many wonderful reasons to be vegan. And I hope that uh, I'm on an environmental summit um, that's coming up that, um, you know, we're connect, starting to connect all these dots between how our uh, environmental footprint and consuming animals is leading to the mess that we've got ourselves in in so many different levels. So thank you for doing this and I appreciate your time. Thank you for joining us on the Healthy For My Purpose podcast. We hope you enjoyed the community and are walking away empowered and encouraged to live your healthiest life for your God-ordained purpose. You can connect with us on Facebook and Instagram to enjoy fellowship with like-minded women. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this on iTunes. Until we meet again, keep honoring your body for your purpose.